guys. Welcome back to the Swish Podcast. I'm Jake. And I'm Jake. And today we have a two-part episode for you guys. First, we're going to be talking about NFL free agency, a little preview and some predictions we have. And then we're going to get into an interview with Cole Jones of Xavier Men's Basketball. So, Jake, today's going to be a busy episode. Are you ready? I'm ready. Let's get started. So, we're just going to hop right into our offseason free agency predictions and trades. We'll start with quarterback. Jake, you can start. So the first guy is obviously the main guy is going to be Dak. And really my prediction is I don't see him going anywhere else besides the Cowboys, honestly, to be honest with you. I don't know if they're going to tag him or if they're going to sign him long-term. You know, I feel like they have to get something done long-term soon enough. So I'm going to say the Cowboys. But what do you think, Jay? Well, I would have to definitely agree with you because, however, he wants a ton of money. I think the Cowboys can afford it. They just won't be able to sign that many other options this offseason. I think he's their face of the franchise. Really, Dak or draft someone, I definitely see them getting Dak more likely. Oh, yeah. And another guy now, another QB, Mitch Trubisky. This is a tough one because I think the Bears are going to bring him back, but I don't think he's going to be the full-time starter. I think they'll let him st- – I think they might draft a guy and then uh, let him play out a little bit and then they'll let the rookie play. I don't know. I think he's going to stay with the Bears. I don't really see him going anywhere else also. I guess you could say like a team like maybe the Broncos something. I don't know if Drew Locke struggles, he could start. But I don't really see him fitting anywhere else besides Chicago, even though he struggled the past few years. What do you think, Jay? Well, there's three options. Number one, you bring back Trubisky and you either share him with a role with either a rookie or we're forgetting about another quarterback, Nick Foles, who they were going to start this year. He tore his ACL and was out for a full year. Well, now Dick Foles will be back. I had a long deal. So it's Foles. You have Trubisky if you want to bring him back. He's a good option. He played somewhat good at the end of the season. They have tons of options. You can draft a quarterback. Probably not Zach Wilson. Maybe Fields if he falls to you. So you, you have the options. You can do what you want. I would say bring back Trubisky because I sort of like him now. He had a good solid end of the year. Sticking on quarterback, there's another guy we want to talk about. It's Ryan Fitzpatrick, a journeyman. He's been on so many different teams. And, Jake, where do you see him fitting? I don't see him retire. He said he's going to come back. So you either fit him as a backup role. I would see him going to any big-time team, Chiefs, Bucks again, because he's already been in the Bucks. He can go to either a big-time team, be a backup, or the Dolphins can bring him back. Cause although Tua is, is a great college quarterback, he struggled as a lefty this, this year, had injury problems. Fitzpatrick started some games over him, and they were looking into Deshaun Watson trade options. So I don't really know about Tua. So I think the Dolphins would try to bring Fitzpatrick back on like a one-year, one low-term. I don't really know. So I think my prediction is going to surprise a few people. I think he's going to go to the Broncos. I say that because we saw we, we see he has potential, but he really struggled last year. And I feel like a guy like Fitzpatrick to go over there and kind of mentor him for a season could be good for his development and for Fitzpatrick to get another year in, I think. It's a good fit for both sides. It's a, It'll be affordable, obviously. He's not going to cost much. You know, he's getting older. He doesn't have a lot of value. So I actually think he's going to go to the Broncos, but it'll be an interesting offseason to see what happens. Let's move on to running back. Jake hit us with the first player we're going to talk about. In Yeah, so running back, there are good guys on the market. There will be a few we discussed just now. First guy I want to talk about is Kenyon Drake. Saw had a he was a very inconsistent, a very good game, then he had a terrible game. For my prediction, I don't think he's going anywhere. I don't see him leaving the Cardinals. I think he's a good fit there. 
and I just don't see him going anywhere else. I, I'm going to stick with the Cardinals for him. And for me, there's no way he leaves. I think the Cardinals like him a lot, which I honestly have no clue why. He's so inconsistent. He was a first-round fantasy draft pick, and it was an absolute bust. I think they would bring him back long-term, but I don't really like him. So if I were them, I wouldn't, but they're going to. So let's move on to Todd Gurley. What are your thoughts, Jake? Ooh. We knew Gurley was coming off a rough year with the Rams from 19, and then they cut him. He signed with the Falcons. Actually, the first few games, he looked like he was back to his normal form, and then he just completely fell off the face of the earth. He was not getting any carries. And I don't know, man. I don't know if he even might get any of a contract, to be honest with you. I don't. I, I think he was that disappointing towards the end of the year that he might not even get signed. If I were to say he would get signed, he's going to go somewhere that he's not going to start. He's definitely going to be a backup. I don't see him getting a starting job. The team I could see, believe it or not, the Jets. I feel like the Jets, if they draft a guy, they could draft Najee Harris. Um, he, they could bring him in to mentor Najee Harris. So I think... Maybe the Jets. I don't know, though. I'm going to go somewhat similar. I'm going to say Baltimore is my guess because they had Ingram. They want to mentor JK. Mark Ingram did an absolute horrible job with that. Mark Ingram was god-awful and fell off the face of the universe. So he's not coming back to Baltimore. We'll talk about him right after this. I think Gurley can go to the Jets if they don't get Najee or to mentor him. I think Baltimore, maybe Miami, but I like Miles Gaskin. or this. He's not coming back to Atlanta. I think Brian Hill they're just going to bring back. I, I don't like Todd Gurley. But let's talk about Mark Ingram now, like you just said. We saw him have a Pro Bowl year in 2019, and we thought, you know, oh, wow, he's back to his original Pro Bowl form. But, like, no, now he's not. He sucks. have to do a good job, like you said, of mentoring J.K. Dobbins. But, you know, I definitely think he'll get an opportunity somewhere to be a backup. I can't really think of one team that he would go to. If I were to say a team that I think could be a decent fit for him is actually the Dolphins. They had a lot of injuries at the running back positions. They do have some good guys there like Gaskin, Matt Breida, and then a lot of other guys. But I feel like Ingram, they bring him in cheap. He could do a good job there for a year. Maybe he does well and he could get a good contract the next year. But we'll see. He's getting older, so I don't know how longer he's how much longer he's going to play. But you know, I think the Dolphins could be a decent fit for Mark Ingram. Okay, so hear me out. I'm going to explain, like, Mark Ingram sucks. Look at his stats. You start 11 games, you start. He played, I think, two more games off the bench. He started 11 straight games, took 160 snaps. If you take 11 games, 160 snaps, that should get you, like, probably uh, to around... Five yards. Yeah, so that should probably get you to around maybe 60 yards per game and, like, three yards per carry, which is average. He had 299 rushing yards and two touchdowns and 50 receiving yards. That's awful. That's like 40% of how good he could have been if he, when he started, and then he had injury problems. I think he's done. I don't see him going anywhere unless he wants to mentor someone. He's awful. I want Saints Ingram back because that's when he was good. Yeah, the next guy I want to talk about is Mike Davis. McCaffrey was hurt last year with Carolina, and he was awesome. He was awesome when... McCaffrey was out. He was really good. I'm going to be honest. I think he was really good. I think he, not maybe Pro Bowl caliber, but he he played well. So I I definitely think he could get a starting job. I'm not exactly sure where it's going to be. But if I really think about some fits for him, the team like the Steelers maybe, I think they could be a good fit, but I think they might draft a running back. You know, I don't, 
I don't love James Conner, to be honest with you. I don't, I'm not like buying him so much. We thought he was really good after 2018. He had over a thousand yards, Pro Bowl. Last year, he had some injuries. He struggled a bit. And this year, same thing. He struggled a bit, COVID a little bit. So I don't know. I don't think James Conner is going to be a stealer for much longer. I think they could bring in a guy like Mike Davis in free agency. What do you think, Jake? I totally agree with you. He had nearly a thousand yard in total, counting, rushing, and receiving eight touchdowns in 15 games. And, but count some of those, I think six of those games were being a backup for McCaffrey and getting a lot of carries. I think he's a top running back. If you look at the backup running backs, he's definitely number one. Almost a Pro Bowl running back. The only other backup that was good this year was Gallman, and he's nowhere near Mike Davis, I would say. I think some yeah. team needs to bring in Davis. I'm saying maybe, maybe Cincinnati. I don't like. Joe Mixon that much was injury problems. Not a fan of James Conner. I'm not a fan of Kenyon Drake, but they're going to bring him back. I think there's definitely teams that could use someone like Mike Davis, a 28-year-old strong, big bulk running back, but he might as well as re-sign with Carolina to get that good backup job and money. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Definitely agree there. So I think the last running back we're going to talk about is Leonard Fournette. He was cut by the Jags. His career looked like... It, he didn't have the best future, and the Bucks came in. They signed him for a year. He, he struggled, actually. He was struggling throughout the year, and then the playoffs come around. He, he became the RB1 in the playoffs, and he, he, he was playing really good football. And I really liked what he did, what he did this past year, especially in the postseason. And I definitely see him going back to um, the Bucks on a one, two-year deal. And if he's really good there, maybe he'll get a lot of money in a couple of years. Well, as you said, he's only 26, had 600 yards in total, six touchdowns on 13 games and 383 carries. So if you do the math on that, he probably should have gotten that 600 yards. He played very efficient. Regular season, not as much because Ronald Jones was an absolute dog in the regular season. Then came to playoffs, Ronald Jones was absolute awful. And Leonard Fournette became the starter in the playoffs, took them to a Super Bowl, had, I think, one or two touchdowns almost every playoff game, played amazing. He's still a young running back. I see him getting... Probably only a one-year deal this offseason, but if he plays well again instead of Ronald Jones, he can go long-term and be the face of the Buccaneers in the backfield. I like him as a running back, and I think they're going to bring him back most likely. Okay. Now we're going to do wide receiver, which is going to be the last part of this episode, but we'll make a part two with defensive players and possibly tight ends. We'll see. But there's a lot of wide receivers. We'll start off with Allen Robinson. What do you what do you think about Allen Robinson? He played pretty well. He's a 28 year old receiver with injuries problems. He only missed I think one game though due to the concussion protocol. In total, he had 1,250 yards and six touchdowns, around 12 yards per catch. Those are Pro Bowl stats. Definitely top receiver this season. If you go by the FC. In the FC North, number one, number two, I guess, because Devontae Adams. But Kenny Galladay and Allen Robinson are the face of the Bears and the Lions. I think Galladay might fall to the Giants. I'm hoping for that. Most likely not, but definitely like Allen Robinson as a young Bears receiver going forward. But I do see him falling to a team that's absolute dog, like the Jets. I think they're probably going to sign him, which I... Hope doesn't happen because the Bears need him. I think the Bears are going to tag him. He, he made the Pro Bowl. And he was good this year. He He's obviously going to want a lot of money. And 
I th- obviously the tag's a lot of money, but I think he wants a long-term deal. But the Bears are gonna be like, no, we want you just we want to tag you for one year, and we'll do it again next year if we want. But I think Robinson is gonna stay in Chicago for a year, and then he'll hit the open market next year and get a lot of money from somewhere. Okay. Let's move on to Corey Davis. Okay, my thoughts on Corey Davis is, you know, he looked good this year. Definitely the best year he's had so far. His rookie year was a little bad. Like, his first few years weren't the best, but past few years, he's been much better. And I see him definitely returning. I think he's going to stay with Tennessee, but we'll see what happens. Corey Davis is at the top of my underrated receivers. Best year of his career. He's only a $6 million contract, which is now off the table. Five touchdowns, one fumble, which is... I'm not bad for a receiver. 15 yards per catch, 984 yards is what we're looking at right here. That's Pro Bowl numbers. I think he could have made it if the if he just was on a better team because the Titans are good, but they go by a run-heavy offense. I see him getting tagged or like a three-year deal with Tennessee. I think he's definitely – him and A.J. Brown are the, ti- are the Titans' top receivers because Adam Humphreys is falling off. So – I want to move on to Will Fuller because he's the top guy that I want to look at. And there's a lot of options here. I think he was he was in contact, they said, with the Giants. Same with Kersey and Mule and Galladay. All three receivers were looking at New York. I don't see him, though, coming to New York really anymore. I think that he was looking more back at Houston if they had Sean back, which I don't think is going to happen, though. So, Will Fuller, he had a great year, 879 yards, 16.6 yards per catch, and eight touchdowns on a rookie deal. I he has suspended, though. He does. He had 879 yards on 11 games. Imagine 16 games. That could be like 1,200 yards. I think he's definitely a top receiver and that he could fall to a team maybe like Pittsburgh. I think they're going to get rid of Juju. They could bring in someone like Will Fuller. I would hope New York. Probably not. The Jets could use anyone. The yeah. Browns could use him. I think there's a lot of teams that need receivers right now, but I see him going back to Houston. I unfortunately do not agree with you. I, I don't think he's as good as it showed. You know, he was he was on some sort of steroids, so I don't think he's gonna re- he's gonna have a lot of pressure on him and stuff. So I don't think he's gonna repeat what he kind of put up in that that eleven games. But I think he's gonna get a lot of money. And hear me out: the Packers are gonna get him. They're gonna create one of the best wide receiving trios of Lazard. Adams and Will Fuller on the same offense, which is just deadly. And I just think it's a it's a good fit for both sides. Fuller is looking for redemption after getting suspended. I think the the Packers are a good fit. So two two three more guys we're gonna talk about. Next guy is Chris Godwin. Simple, he's getting tagged. He's staying nowhere. He's not going anywhere. No way he's leaving Tampa Bay. If he does, I do not know where he's gonna go, but Tampa. It's going to be Tampa. Short answer, Tampa. Totally agree. Let's move on to our last receiver for this episode. We'll continue receivers next time for our second part two. And our last one is Juju dancing. I don't know. I have no words for him. Interesting guy. He's going here. He's going to go to a bad team. They're going to pay him a lot of money. Jets and Raiders stand out. Um, it's going to be the Jets, I think. I think even though he's a big dancer, he's, fit for, he's built for New York. He's definitely built for New York. And I think the 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 Jets could be a great fit for him in the long run. It just seems like a good fit for both sides, and I think he's going to sign there. I hate the guy because he is an absolute, not idiot, but he does some bad things like dancing on cowboy logos, which doesn't really make sense. And he had 840 yards. He had a pretty good 
Pro Bowl number season. I think he had ninety-seven catches though. Yeah, he had a great amount of catches and only like sixteen like drops. I think he's a good receiver, but he's he has problems in his head. So I see him going back to the Jets, and oh. that's gonna wrap up our episode. To the listeners, please make sure to listen to this episode. I think episode fifty-seven we're on right now on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, SoundCloud. We're on some new things, Breaker. Go to thiswishpodcast.com. Look at our articles. Thank you so much, guys. Enjoy the interview with Colby Jones. Hey, guys. Welcome back to the Swish Podcast. I'm Jake. I'm also Jake. What's going on? Welcome back to another episode. Welcome back. How are you? I'm doing great. And today, we have another interview. This time, we have Xavier guard Colby Jones. Colby, thank you so much for coming on our podcast today. What's going on? Uh, Nothing much. Appreciate y'all having me. I'm just chilling right now. Thank you. So let's hop right in. First question, what got you interested in basketball? I was just watching my brother when I was younger, watching him play. And um, my dad would always, like, do, like, workouts with us. So that just really got me interested at a, at a young age. So were there, like, a lot of NBA players you liked watching growing up and you try to model kind of your game after them? Uh, honestly, I really, like, model my game after, like, one specific player, but um, Devin Booker, he played for the same um, AAU coach I played for, so we, I did a lot of the same workouts he did, so um, I feel like there's a lot of similarities right there. What was your favorite NBA team to watch growing up? Uh, definitely the Lakers. I was a big Kobe fan growing up, so I always watched them. In high school, you led your team to the Alabama Class 7A state championship, and you averaged over 25 points per game. So, like, what was your key to success in high school, and what was your overall experience in high school like? Uh, my high school career, it was pretty good. Um, I started out in Pen- at Pinson. Um, that was my hometown, where I grew up at. But after my um, sophomore year, I transferred to Mount Brook, which is, like, 30 minutes away. And, um, I mean, it was just a whole different experience when I moved to Mount Brook. Um, Coach Bucky. It was a lot harder. The workouts were a lot harder, but um, I thought it just made me a better player. Um, we really started lifting weights over there, so that's when my body started maturing more. So it was just a good overall experience. So what made you decide to attend the University of Xavier, and was it a, was it definitely a tough decision for you? Um, just a relationship I had with the coach and staff. Um, coach Steele, he kept the roof with me from the jump, so um, just know I could put my trust in him. And um, after I took my visit up here, I knew I wanted to go here. So it really wasn't a tough decision. That's why I kind of committed, like, kind of early on the early end in August. So after I came up here, I knew I wanted to commit. But um, just overall, the relationship with all the coaching staff and the trust I had in them. Was the, your recru- recruiting process, like, a pretty easy process because you got it done pretty quickly? Um, in a way, yeah, because I didn't have to, you know, go through all that during my um, my senior season. But like during the like when I was had all the coaches hit me up, you know, it, it got kind of annoying at, at a point, you know, that you're always getting a call or a text crazy times of the night. So um, I say like when I was getting recruited, it was pretty, it was pretty crazy. This year, what has it been like to deal with like COVID protocols and playing with no fans? How has it felt differently? Uh, it's been it's been crazy. It's been weird. I haven't experienced anything like this. Nobody has. But um, yeah, I missed. I missed the first five games of the season because I was in quarantine. And then when I got back, I actually got COVID. I didn't have COVID the first time I had to quarantine, but I got COVID 
um, late January. So I missed I missed the Butler game for that. So it's just been on and off and on and off for the whole team overall. But uh, it's been weird playing with no fans. It's been, I don't know, you just got to bring the energy from the team because you don't have the energy from the fans. But, um, yeah, it's been crazy to say the least. What was the overall transition like from college ball to high school? Um, surprisingly for me, I mean, you know, it's going to be hard, like, into, like, the physicality of the um, college level and the speed of the game. But um, the teammate, my teammates, they made it super easy on me, just, like, making me feel welcomed and more comfortable and um, getting confidence from that. So, I mean, if, overall, I feel like it's been pretty easy on me just just um, from how my teammates and my coaches helped me out. You know, kind of similar to that, like, what has been, like, your whole Xavier experience, like, been so far, you know, like, it's with COVID and stuff, but, like, just what has it been like playing under, like, a new coach with new teammates? Like, what has it all been like? Uh, it's been a blast. Um, all my teammates, you know, we all get along. We're always hanging out. So it's been fun hanging with them, getting to know them, um, playing with the coaches. They're a young group, so, you know, you always joke around with them and kid with them. But overall, the um, college experience so far, it's, it's been fun. And um, and this year's going by pretty fast, so I just got to uh, make the most of my time. What are your goals moving forward this season and next season? Uh, definitely want to win the Big East tournament this year. Um, I feel like we have the team this year to do that. Um, want to make a uh, Final Four. And the tournament, I feel like we also have a team to do that. We just got to put the pieces um, together at the right time in the right place. But I feel like we can get that going. And um, next year, um, I don't know who's all going to come back or who's all going to stay. But um, we still have the same goal for next year, win the Big East tournament next year as well. So we're going to move on to some more rapid-fire questions, not as Z-year-related. What's your favorite hobby or something to do besides basketball? I love I love watching movies. I watch movies all the time. What's your go-to pregame meal? Uh, I don't know if I have a go-to pregame meal because, like, the world was getting different stuff. But I feel like if I had to pick one, it'd be, like, Alfredo or something like that. What's your favorite moment in your career in basketball so far? Uh, I'd have to say either winning state championship or that shot I hit against Providence. What's your favorite food in general? Uh, definitely some wings, good chicken wings. What's your favorite basketball shot or play there had in your career? Uh, yeah, the um, game winner against Providence. That's my favorite one so far. Do you have a favorite sport besides basketball? Um, I mean, I played football growing up, but I really wasn't into it like that. So I, mean, I feel like I'm just basketball. What's your favorite move to do on a defender? Uh. I'm probably like a little hesitate and blow by. I do. I feel like I do that a good amount. So I'll ask you a two-part question here. You mentioned before you love watching movies. So what's your favorite movie in general and your favorite sports movie? Uh, favorite movie in general, um, The Family Man with Nicolas Cage in it. And then favorite sports movie got to be He Got Game. What's a full-on college practice like at, at Xavier? Um... Normally, normally we'll start with film, like either like the last practice or like one of the games we played a couple of days before, and then we'll get some skill work in, and then we'll do like a defensive segment, and then we'll normally do like some scouting of the team we're about to play next, 
and then we'll just compete. We'll do it. We'll get up and down with each other and play um like five on five, four on four. So our last question for you today is: What are you looking forward to do once we get back to normal after COVID? Uh, definitely just going out, like out to the city or like out of town with my friends, and not having to worry about like wearing a mask or like being distanced and um just getting like that feel of normalcy again. So that's actually going to wrap up our interview with Hugh Colby. Thank you so, so much for hopping on the podcast. And listeners, please make sure to like, comment, follow us on Instagram, SoundCloud, Spotify, and Apple Podcasts. Thank you so much, Colby. Have a great day. Peace.